0: american scouser podcast we're recording this on april 5th over here we have the usual crew i'm your host timochen with me today as always is mr peacock paul bickler is in the house paul how's it going
1: good i spent the, the entire week going over all trivia things so that jamie can't win again we can't have two weeks in a row that
0: oh i have a good one this week uh i don't <laughs> think anybody's gonna get this we got to so how fast you are with google so okay um and also with us, last week's trivia winner, uh, the Irish Jamie is with us. Jamie, what's happening?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still bashful, lads, let's be honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was a great weekend. Happy Mustache Monday to us all. Uh, if you were recording video, I have enough, mind you. Like, I could have put an on today. Mind you, mine is a lot more gray than his, Uh, but I was going to rock the stash but uh, in his honor, but thank God we're not recording video for the audience out there. So, uh, great weekend overall. Literally almost every score that could have gone our way went our way, except maybe today the West Ham game. We could have gotten that as well. It would be icing on the cake. But uh, So, before we get to all the weekend's action, uh, let's recap the week uh, with Jamie's 60 seconds. Jamie, bring us up to date and go.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty slow news week uh, coming out of the official uh, the Liverpool. Uh, a four. Oh, fuck, I oh, fucked that right up, man.
0: <laughs> Keep going. You got this.
2: <laughs> it's been a slow news week, right? So,
0: anyway. well, <laughs> oh, there goes your 30 seconds. You have 30 seconds. Let's go yeah, ahead. Well, <laughs>
2: we've, we've plenty of news to celebrate. Anyway, guess what, folks? Harvey has turned 18 years of age, April 4th. 2003, the man was born. He's got five goals and ten assists this year. As 28 starts, all on, all in. Um, the women, the LSE women, are six games unbeaten, and the under 23s won at the weekend as well, and so did the under 18s, beat Man United in the FA Cup, or their version of the FA Cup. And it's 25 years ago that we beat Newcastle 4-3, a thriller of the uh, early Premier League era. But uh, yeah, 25 years on.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, that Harvey thing is amazing by itself. I'm always the cynic and I'm always like paranoid about getting too excited about young players, but let's just hope he keeps going because we might have a gem in our hands on that one, but... Like I say, better be cautious with these young kids. Don't want to get too excited and then get disappointed afterwards. That's how I roll at least. So So let's talk about the weekend first. Uh, My weekend, actually, I'm sure we're going to talk about the game. Uh, We're going to talk about our boy Jota and his goals. Somehow happens to be in the right place at the right time, has the magic touch I mean the guy is a finisher and it shows. I mean, everything he's touching seems to turn into goal right now. So may that continue. But today's this week's trivia question and is gonna be for those players who can't touch or <laughs> turn everything they touch into gold. So in the Premier League this season, who has the t- highest number of what the Premier League considers big chances mixed? Jamie, since you're the winner, we're going with you.
2: Big chances, big chances. chances missed.
0: No, missed. Oh, missed. Big chances missed. Who do big you have? Big Chances missed. Hmm.
2: Sterling or Harry Kane. I mean that that they they create and well they finish their chances too. But I mean I, I don't know that's difficult. I mean
0: I know that's why I picked. Them.
2: That's <laughs> it's what difficult. I do. Are wow. so you going
0: with Kane? You said or Sterling? I mean,
2: yeah, I'd go with Sterling, but I mean,
0: not a bad shot. Not a bad seen, shot.
2: He's considered a striker. I mean, technically, I guess, but yeah, I don't know. That's this a, is all
0: I'm players, sure. but I mean, obviously, naturally, most of them are uh, almost all of them are, you know, attackers that are obviously right, going to get into would those
2: situations. For for them to be even considered, they have to get like over a certain amount of chances. So that correct. I mean, it's you know, Paul, way in here.
1: Are we doing are, what is it? Is it a top three or is it just a one? Like, what I shoot one and then you, and if
0: you want to like throw three darts and I, see if you get one, you can go ahead. But
1: so Bobby's been on that list traditionally for like the last three years, I feel like. Um, and I think Jamie's gonna write that has a lot to do with just the pure volume of chances. Um, I, I would, who did you go with? Raheem, did you go with Raheem?
2: Yeah, I
1: did. Yeah, I'll He's, go with um. Uh,
2: Rather hesitantly.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll go with... Um, I mean, I'll go with Harry Kane, but I think I think Sadio Mane's got to be up there. Uh, yeah, I, I'll go with Harry Kane.
0: Okay, some decent guesses there. So if you can't work Google fast enough, uh, just uh, stay tuned. We'll it. reveal can... the answer in like a little bit here once ah, we kind of cover yeah. the Arsenal game. <laughs> so let's talk about the Arsenal game. Uh, obviously, the... I remember, you know, like talking about it when the, the lineup first came up. So, Paul, let's start with you. Um, I know he doesn't get enough credit for what he does, but I know I was. And I would think most people were shocked when they saw Milner starting. I think it's a bigger shock not to see Genie starting, first of all. But uh, so what did you think when you initially saw that lineup?
1: um i mean i think so i didn't like it at first right i mean because for me i think we talked about this briefly for me this side is kind of past him at this point um in my opinion it's just like i think that his age is slowly well finally starting to catch up with him um and he just seems he just doesn't seem to have the impact he used to have however the more I thought about it, you know, as we thought about the game, obviously hindsight twenty-twenty, but like, I do see that we needed, like for me, like almost started just because of the things that, that are tangible that he does bring in terms of just leadership. Like you're missing uh bird. You're missing Jeannie who's getting arrested. So you're missing a lot of your guys that were, that are your backup captains. Um, so I think he brought some stability in terms of just more leadership in the, into that side. Um, and he put in a really good shift in two different spots. You know, I was a, a bit surprised given the fact that we had, uh, our Mr. Greek guy on the bench that he went back to left back too. So he went from mids down to left and put in a pretty good shift all the way around.
0: Which actually I thought it was an interesting substitution and it kind of worked well because it kind of gave that stability to the back still. And you didn't have the Greek guy getting excited going forward, leading gaps behind and stuff like that. So I thought that worked out well, but uh, so another like shocking part, probably not maybe as shocking, but I know we talked about it on the last podcast in terms of, do you start an informed Jota that's constantly scoring for Portugal, or do you play the, you know, play Bobby, who's your regular starter and also got more rest because he didn't have the international break. Uh, So obviously we know it turned out great now, but when you see the first lineup, Jamie, were you like, Hey, where is Jota? Or (laughs) I mean, kind of like we kind of expected this to happen a little bit.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a fair shout. Like, you know, where is Jota? You know, I'd like to be fair he, he landed on the pitch and just hit the ground running. Like, I mean, it's as if he was still wearing a Portugal shirt. Like, he, he, he just went from international football scoring two goals a game to Premier League football scoring two goals a game and came on in what minute? Like, the fucking like, the 60th? There's, I mean, unbelievable football. So, I mean, I, I guess Klopp kinda answered your question. He was like, well, fuck it. We'll just play all four of them together. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
0: And I think that was that substitution was good because I felt like, I mean, ideally against teams that sit back and play defense, that lineup is probably our best lineup right now. Uh, obviously, Robertson instead of Milner, but, you know, he was taken out for arrested. I mean, do you agree to that, Paul? I mean, against the team that sits back and, you know, has like a low block, isn't that probably our best lineup to be able to bring Bobby into midfield?
1: Yeah, definitely, because, I mean, you're not depending on a high line press to create turnovers necessarily when you've got when that team is packing, uh, you know, eight in the box and and playing that low block defense. So you don't really necessarily depend on that, which Bobby brings and you don't necessarily need um, that drop off link up play that Bobby provides because uh, he can drop back and sort of just create uh, from that spot.
0: So another part of the game, obviously, when we look at these lineups now and, you know, you watch the performances and it did look like even Klopp said, you know, when Mo misses that chance, I think it's probably like 50th, 55th minute, somewhere around there, where like you just can't get the ball under his feet and he kind of like whiffs it uh, after like a nice build up play. Uh, it's almost seemed like it could be one of those games, obviously, each other comes in and scores the goals, but. I mean, to me, over the last few games, and I think not only to me, it's not like I'm going to take credit for it, but (laughs) Fabinho in midfield is by far, is like the biggest difference on this team. And as much as I admire it, every time something like, you know, he does something on the field that I'm like, oh man, it's so good to have this guy back. Part of me is almost angry saying, why the hell did we not do this earlier? Regardless of who the center backs were going to be. I mean, so, Jamie, let me ask you, obviously these two center backs now having played, I mean, what is this, three clean sheets in a row now? And, I mean, obviously the way we played is slightly different too, so it's not all credit to them, but obviously they've done well and, you know, uh, avoided big mistakes and stuff like that. But do you think we could have done this with, let's say, Reese Williams in there as well? Or do we really need, you know, someone like Kabak to come in as well next to Phillips so we can put Fabinho out of there?
2: Yeah, I mean, Fabinho in midfield is, is just oh, it, it You cast your mind back. I mean, like you said, you were you said you were happy and sad that it's worked out. At the same or you were happy and angry. Sorry, that you were that it's worked out because we all seen it. It's just a matter of time. But he he makes so much an easier job for the defense and going forward as well. He's pivotal. He really is. And I mean. I mean the centre-backs, you could – it's hard to say, but Gabac is a, a better class Beside, you know, as opposed to Reese Williams. But now Phillips has turned into a cult hero, a cult icon. So, I mean, they're doing the job right now. Like you said, three games now. Is it three or four?
0: Yeah, I mean, they've done – and obviously, as they play well together, I just find it astonishing that – and. When we were when we had that poor run, it's not like we were giving away a ton of goals. But I feel like Fabinho in midfield is a lot more than that. It's not only like helps defensively. I think it helps, you know, cut those balls off and start attack a lot faster as well as opposed to like the like the regular build up play. So Bickler, if we were, you know, kind of like screaming for this, uh, you know, during that week time where we were like constantly losing points. What do you think Klopp's thinking was? And kind of like, is it just stubbornness or are we not seeing something maybe like he was seeing? Or what's no, the theory? Think, I mean,
1: Klopp is, I think Klopp is traditionally super stubborn. I mean, that's always kind of been his thing is like he'll make changes, but he makes them too late. Um, but that's also the beautiful thing about him, too, though. Like he believes in himself a lot. Like, I mean, that I think we probably won more games than we've lost because of his stubbornness. You know, like he won't make a change because he thinks that we can wear a team down doing what we're doing. Um, I mean the, the flip side of that is he does mad stuff like he did with the center back situation. His substitutions are like in injury time, like that kind of stuff that's super obnoxious. Um, you have to deal with. Yeah, I think I think he I think he overvalues experience at the center back position in my opinion. And I think he just wanted. I think he just thought that you know if we're going to go down the depth chart he's like, he's going to, he's going to go with experience in that over putting young kids in there and having um, either them get, you know, mentally destroyed off having a bad game or getting shredded physically. Like, I think he just thought that he was making the right move. The thing that, the thing that was mad about it is like, when you're 10 games in and you haven't won and you've conceded 10 goals and you haven't scored, like you, you have to make a change. Like the fact that he waited 12 matches is what's crazy to me um, to make that switch because it obviously wasn't working. Um, I mean, Fabinho in the midfield, I mean, it, it's even more important with Henderson out, but Fabinho in the midfield gives you defensive stability because it puts your best guy in front of your young center box. It, I, he, is, he gives you a threat from distance because he can shoot from range. And I think one of the things that's super underrated about him is his distribution. He has that long diagonal ball that Virg has. Um, that's what he hits Salah on. But he's got incredible vision from back there. Everyone talks about Thiago, but I think for me, Fab is right there too with just seeing things that not a lot of players see.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's, it can be maddening watching how great he is over there, as odd as that is to say. But I, I guess in Klopp's defense, I don't know what the thinking was. Man, if we just converted some chances – uh, we would be able to... Because we were not conceding as much. It was always zero one, zero two, one 2 or 0-0 mm-hmm. uh, zero zero and stuff like that. So I think it was more of like he was hoping that we would finish a couple more chances and that's all we needed. But I really feel like, yeah, he brings a lot more to the game. I think his presence over there enables like Trenton Robot to be a bit more adventurous as well, knowing there's somebody who can slide in over to that side and you know, like cover them defensively. But so the reason I say that is obviously we're gonna talk about Jota next, but I might as well reveal the um the answer to our trivia over here. Uh but it kind of like shows our so these numbers can be a bit deceiving, right? Obviously missed chances at the same time means those chances were created. So it's a good thing. But at the same time, it's not a great thing when you have like so many players up there. So the top of the league is Patrick Bamford with 18.
1: Ooh. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, I, I found that to be like kind of like shocking because he's had a decent season. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, with, in terms of like what Premier League uh, website considers as big chances missed. Uh, he's at 18. Number two, the guy we all wanted in summer and people were crying over him is Burner, our, our boy Timo. Uh, he has 16. And then uh-huh. Dominic Calvert Lewin is uh, there's like three players tied for 15. Uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin, Vardy, and Chris Wood, which is another name I find kind of like shocking to see there just because I mean, he must have gotten every chance that Bernie has created. Uh, from those set pieces and stuff. But so in terms of our players, Mane is sixth uh, because everybody's tied over there with 14. Salah is eighth with 12 and Bobby is 10th with 11. So when you're front three, I think we're the only team here that I see in the, uh, I guess City, De Bruyne is sque- squeaked in at the end, but uh, not a lot of teams have multiple players here. And we have three in the top 10. And that kind of like shows why we are probably where we are, right? In terms of being able to finish. And that's kind of what makes Jota and what he's doing right now so valuable. So here's the million dollar question here, Jamie. Uh, Do you make him a regular starter? Do you find a way to work them in? Or are things really good the way they are? And that that energy? I mean, we've been pining for a striker that can come off the bench, kind of like, you know, Paul Bickler's favorite Divac, and actually do something and contribute to the game. But how do you see it moving forward? Obviously, it's game by game, but in the like, let's say the rest of the season in the Premier League, especially.
2: Look, I mean, if you ask me, my opinion counts for nothing, obviously. But he's he's beginning to be unplayable. You know what I mean? Like he, he you can't do nothing but play him, and 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 as opposition a, a up against him, he is unplayable. You know, like he just it seems to be he's not just on in form. He playing out with skin um so yeah i mean he's he's causing a massive headache for the background staff right now but that's exactly like you said what we wanted so long may it continue like he is snapping at the heels of those front three like he's he's begging for his 90 minutes like
1: did we give him those 90 minutes paul uh so on his body of work you would say yes but for me no because like I like him off the – I like him as the first sub off the bench against tired legs, Um, especially like – so especially next game when you're playing a Real Madrid team that has one of the best midfield three in the world and you're looking at a a Madrid team that's going to have sort of a patchwork center back pairing. I want Bobby up there for the press right off the gate. So try to – I don't want Real Madrid to get settled with with, with a settled back four. So I'd rather have that press and then bring uh shot in off the 60 minute mark and just let him keep banging them in. But I think he's an, a, a super impactful sub right now. I mean, we, we all know that like players aren't always the same when they get that start as they are coming off the bench. And that's not to say that he can't be because he's proven he can, he started some matches and played just as well. But for me, I, I like that I like that option to have Bobby work that press uh, and make teams uncomfortable. And then when we need a final 30 minute push, bring them on. I like that right now. Yeah, let's let's I guess uh, since you started, let's
0: swap to that Real Metro game. obviously it's tomorrow um, I think the I do agree with that lineup. I think the back four is set now uh, the way they are. Uh, But in midfield, I would think Genie is going to just replace Milner. And we stay with, obviously, Fabinho and Thiago. I just don't see Milner over there again after giving like 90 minutes. I think that was his way of, you know, like giving everything he can to get both Genie and then Robertson some rest going into the Champions League. Uh, So you said he's unplayable. Do you play him then, Jamie? And do you bench Bobby? Because I agree with Paul in terms of the way... Since this is an away game and it's the first leg, I think a safe score benefits us more. Uh, in terms of, I mean, obviously, with no fans, it's kind of like away and home, it's not as big of a difference as it normally would be. But I'm thinking
2: the opposite, I'm thinking go for the throat early, I'm thinking hit them hard. Tony Cruz had 20 minutes at the weekend there, he didn't get two goals in 20 minutes. Diogo Jota did start him. You know, he's got himself to a position now where he's made Jurgen Klopp make this decision. And you've either got to squeeze... You've got to find a place for Bobby or you've got to find a place for Jota. There is there's no there is no two ways about it. He's got to do both. You know what I mean? In, in my opinion, he, he has to find a way how to get all four of them in at start. That would be class.
0: So who are you taking out of midfield?
2: That's difficult. I mean...
0: It's, I know, that's what I'm asking.
2: You got to... <laughs> Imagine a, a, a kind of well. You would you would hope that Virgil Van Dijk would be back in the starting level but you've done something like as adventurous as this. But Champions League away to Real Madrid, why not? I'm going for the throat early. um But yeah, double pivot of Thiago and Fabinho, I'll be all right. Drop Bobby into the hole.
0: Yeah, see, like I say, I'm kind of like on the other side where I think. I mean, you rest the genie basically for this game. Uh, after coming from international duty and to be able to control that midfield, you need those numbers uh, in those and those three guys that will run. And I think that's a good point that I actually did not think about. But I think playing a guy like Bobby against a center back pairing that's not settled is a lot more dangerous because of this movement. He can get those guys going all over the place and maybe open up some space uh behind more money i mean i love what jota brings and because he's a lot more direct right i mean he gets the ball and literally like goes at them like starts dribbling towards whatever the goal is i'll be honest um, with, he,
2: he i haven't got the balls to to bench uh salah or Mani right now either so i mean i just think he you've got to start f- figure it out you know that's that's why he's getting paid the big bucks like he's playing himself into the starting eleven so, if I pay
0: you for the podcast, we give us like a final lineup over here. We need the <laughs> final lineup from you. You got to pick one. You either, I mean, assuming you're hanging on to Thiago and Fabinho, sounds like yep. so. You're benching Genie for Jota, or you're benching Bobby for Jota? No,
2: we're, we're benching Genie. Like, I mean, I, well, mm. we're not bio. You are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, Paul, would that's, I mean, would that's. The game being away and being the first leg, does that affect your thinking at all? Would you pick the same lineup if this was like a home game and the first game was zero zero?
1: Let's say we need to win. Um and I don't know if the legs like indi- like change it for me as much as the personnel does. Like to me, like if you're gonna start Jota, you're you're sitting Bobby. I'm not sitting Ginny, not only because we rested him, but because you can't you can't play a double pivot. With a midfield that has Cruz, Modric, and Casemiro coming back, like that's a that midfield will absolutely destroy everything. If we're down, a, if we're down to a double pivot and Bobby in the hole, like Casemiro is too good. I mean, we saw what happened when we tried to do that versus Chelsea, and, and Conte just won everything. Mm-hmm. He won absolutely everything. Okay. Um, I mean, granted, Fabio, Fabinho wasn't in there, but um, I just think. Um, You're looking at Cruz, Modric, and Casemiro. I mean, it doesn't get much better than – I mean, regardless of whether Real Madrid struggled or not, their form is improving, but that midfield three that they have is is absolutely world-class, and it doesn't get much better. I just don't know how you go down numbers in midfield, even with our four best offensive players. Like, to me, I'd rather try to neutralize that midfield and then try to snip a couple away goals in the last 15, 20 minutes of that game.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult spot. And like Jamie says, that's why they get paid the big bucks, I guess, to make these decisions. And then we get to just do the, you know, the hindsight 2020 thing over here. But yeah, I mean, Jota has basically made it kind of like a tougher decision. Uh, but I think just seeing these last couple of games, how it's panned out with them coming in afterwards, I think we stick with that as well and kind of try to control that midfield as much as possible. That is probably their strength right now. If you look at their back line and their fronts. I think the midfield is their strength in terms of experience and quality. So hopefully if we offset that, I really think, well, before I get to what I think, let's go to Jamie, what you think for the final score on this thing.
2: Oh, wouldn't a 2-0 way be lovely? I'd, I'd take that. Now You want everything
0: today, don't you? Like that's five it, forwards, it. six midfielders, a 2-0 win.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's Real Madrid away. Right? We can't go for a, what was it? A 5-1? Play there in the... The 2000s. Anyway, no, well, I'm going for a, a safe enough 2
0: 0 away win at the Bernabeu. Wow. Okay. That's generous. What you got, Bickler?
1: Man, this game is going to be, it's going to come down to that battle in the midfield. I think you've got some super intriguing things down the right side of that lineup, too, with Vinicius and Trent. And then you've got Mendy, arguably their weakest defender, Versella. So that right side is going to be very, very interesting to watch and see who wins what on that. Um, and I'll say two, one us. I say we edge it two one. That's actually the scoreline. I was going to go
0: with two, one. I feel like we're going to get goals. Uh, I almost sense like a Leipzig kind of game uh, like the, you know, the first leg where we're going to get our chances on the counter. It's just a matter of finishing. Hopefully these, chances missed stats will not show up on the champions league and we just got to be able to finish a couple of them and i think yeah i think we will get some goals and get like a good score out of this uh so i'll go with 2-1 as well i mean hopefully jamie is right over us but uh a win would obviously be huge and goes towards second leg which let's talk a little bit about that and i want to kind of get your guys take on how it differs so with this weekend score, which it was a freaking dream weekend for me, I could not be happier. It was just like one after another, great scores coming. Uh, every time I checked, like the app, I was like, Oh my god, this is great too. Name so first, got a red card. <laughs> yes, I mean, that was yeah, it was like, I'm like, it can't get any better, but it kept going.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first, Chelsea loses, they get demolished at home. Uh, that was kind of like fun to see. I didn't get to watch the game, I just saw the highlights afterwards. Um, and then, yes, PSG loses. I put in my uh, what to watch this week. And, man, uh, I wish I did follow my own advice and watch that game, was able to watch it because, oh, yeah, that'd be a dream. Uh, PSG losing at home and my boy Neymar getting a red card in the last minute to boot was a dream. Uh, and then home team uh, back home, Galatasaray loses. And then Liverpool wins. And then Farabacha wins. It was just like one great score after another. Everton ties. Tottenham ties. Uh, like I say, aside from like West Ham, I think everything that can go our way went our way. Which, in some ways, now brings up more questions, right? I think if we were 5.7 points behind that four spots, uh, you'd be talking more about, uh, in terms of the Villa game, uh, the starting lineup and who gets rested and stuff. I mean, we're going against Villa but then Madrid has the Barcelona game coming up. So, Jamie, like, looking ahead, uh, obviously the score on the first game might be a factor. I don't see it. I, I already think Klopp knows what he's going to do this weekend, regardless of what happens tomorrow. I think he already has a line set in his mind, barring injuries. But what do you foresee happening this coming weekend against Villa? Now that we're down to – I mean, if you check the standings now, we're three points behind – four spots suddenly and it's West Ham who have a couple of tough games coming up, including Leicester city this week.
2: That's a difficult one, man. You, you're asking these difficult questions this week. What's up? With it's what I do, man. It's the hosting <laughs> gig. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's mad. If you would have said that Villa is more important to us than Barca is the real Madrid, you'd almost come. It's almost mad to think about it, but it is, I mean, every, every game for us has been, uh, you know, win or die. Basically, you know, like every game is a cup final, and we've got to see it through. That ninety minutes is 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 live or die, and uh, Real Madrid is no different. Bella is no different. Every, every game, each to their own. You know, it's mad. One game at a time, like they said last year.
0: But do you see like anybody being rested this weekend? I mean, I just don't see knowing Klopp going full speed again against Villa and then using the same lineup against... I just don't see the same eleven starting three times in a row against two Champions League games and against Villa.
2: It's mad with this season. To do that, I don't think that's probably been done all season, you know?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, of course, this is barring injuries, mind you. You haven't been able to, (laughs) even if you freaking wanted to. But So, Paul, do you see... Like, does the strategy change because it's down to three points? Or, I mean, do you agree? I like I said, like just knowing Klopp and overtime, I almost feel like he already knows who he's gonna start on Saturday. Whether we win tomorrow three zero, we lose tomorrow two one, whatever the score is.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right, but that's just because how that's just kind of how he he does things, right? I mean, he he's forward thinking and he kind of locks into a strategy. I I honestly don't think he can afford to field a weekend side, whether he wants to or not. So, I mean, whether it's smart or not, I think, like, that side that goes into Villa, like, Villa's a pretty good defensive team. They've Like, in the last seven matches, they've only conceded three goals. Like, granted, the competition hasn't been great, but um, they're, they're still – I mean, even though they're, like, mid-table, they're a tough team. Um, I, I think maybe that this is the match where you see someone like Jota come in and start for Bobby. I could see that. Um, like, I, I, I could see that kind of a switch um and maybe curtis jones gets a spot start in midfield um i could see something like that but like i don't see a massive overhaul to that team going into the weekend
0: yeah it's gonna be like jamie hates some tough questions are gonna be
1: answered because like you
0: say i I feel like that lineup is probably already in his head in terms of who he wants to rest regardless. Uh, like you can almost see like one of those, you know, one of the, you know, more Monet coming out on like the 60th again and stuff like that. But um, with the, I mean, you look at the fixtures and I mean, we have the game at Old Trafford, but aside from that, I, I realize you know, like we've lost to some teams that we should have obviously easily beaten, but it looks like a pretty favorable schedule for us to be able to, Battle for the top four, especially looking at what the other teams are playing, including each other, and then you know they play against City and stuff like that. They have like some tough games in there. Uh, so against Villa, what is your score guess there, Jamie? That's another tough question for you. Seven two. <laughs> <laughs> hell. And that's another thing. Like does that's kind of like. I'm assuming it would almost help the team a little bit. If it was a bit more recent, it seems like it was ages ago. I blotted it out. Maybe that's why (laughs) (laughs) it feels like it's been so long that they would like, you know, it would not be the pain would not be there for them to, or we've had so many, I mean, at the time it was like a shocking score, right? We're going to get them back. Can't wait till the away game. But then we kind of had that run where we had a bunch of poor scores. So it kind of like got lost in the shuffle there. But um I just don't. I don't know if it's going to be there in terms of like the the revenge of seven two is still in the mindset of nice, these guys. But
2: poetic, but no, it's it's definitely not going to happen. Um, no, I mean we'd be lucky if we we got a four three a la nineteen ninety
0: six.
2: What was it? <laughs> Liverpool Newcastle. That'd be a, a quality game if it was four three. Why not? Let's have one of them.
0: Yeah, my heart is not as good as it was in 1996. So ideally, I would not want a game like that because I don't think I can handle it. But
1: I would love it. I would love it if we think that.
0: <laughs> Paul, how do you see this one panning out?
1: Uh, I mean, I think I want my initial gut instinct was three-one, but yeah, I'll stick with it. I'll say three-one, but I could see us pulling off a clean sheet here too as well. Um, I think things are starting to click a little. matter of getting that first goal you know it seems like we we struggle to put it together and then once the first goal goes in it those guys kind of relax a little bit things start to click a little bit and so why do you let's talk about
0: that a little bit so because i kind of like when i pulled up the stats i was trying to find something that you guys couldn't come up with very fast and obviously i did with uh nobody got even close to patrick bamford there uh, for your guys actually uh, sterling was not a bad shot he's number eight Uh, in those rankings with like 12. So there's definitely a good guess. And I think you had money in your guesses and he was up there, but I was personally shocked to see Bamford. I knew Timo would be up there somewhere, but, um, so why do you guys think that is, is it just a matter of confidence, Jamie? Uh, just, you know, like taking one extra touch because you have all these missed chances, or just luck? I mean, you know, like uh, we've talked before in our Discord channel during games, like how come every goalie we play is suddenly the best goalie in the world? Is it because they're the best goalie in the world, or are we hesitating and not taking the shot that we normally would, giving them an extra second, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera?
2: You know, that's that's. It's, it's another tough question. For you. <laughs> half a dozen of one, six of the other. You know, they're both the same thing, really. I guess um, a combination of both, really, like. Goalkeepers playing great. Our our confidence not coming in like that. That last touch, that killer ball, that that wee bit of confidence to to take a, a flared first touch rather than a, just a safe turn and, and shoot. I don't know. It seems to be like it comes comes and goes for us. Like that, that's the way it's going to be. It's going to be a start stutter, um, hopefully revival back to form because you know that that Mo Salah goal at the weekend, the, the little nutmeg that had. I had a, a, a hint of genius, you know, like almost back to the way he was. So hopefully, you know, it's... Um, that level of form is just coming, but it's uh, it seems to be a, a minute or two off.
0: Yeah, that was one of those goals where, yeah, like Mo, it wasn't like... I mean, it was like more like cheeky, smart, and it goes in. Uh, I, I just love like the build-up of that goal more than anything else. But yeah, the way it went in... It felt like, yeah, this is what he used to do all the time. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's, you know, talking about Room 101, I know we're talking with Paul. What were we going to throw in Room 101, Paul? Oh, God. Aguero. The Aguero talk. So we, I'm going to get to the transfer talk. So we'll go to we'll go to the Room 101. But one thing to throw into Room 101 now uh, w- would be, this whole like Mane-Sala thing, because I felt in the first half of the game uh, against Arsenal, Mane was going on the left wide open. And he could have tried to take a shot to the far corner and stuff, but he actually tried to get the ball to Mo. And he kind of did – it just, like, fell behind him at his heel and stuff. And the second half, he was kind of, like, the reverse. I think it was, like, towards the very end, the one that, like, Ellison was, like, smirking after that, where he kind of, like, tried to tap it to Mane so he can just, like, shove it in the goal, but it didn't pan out. So I hope we put that away uh, for good. Mo's
1: reaction to that was was quite interesting, too. If you saw Mo, when he tried to toe poke it over to Mane, and Mane got blocked – Mo's reaction was like, he threw himself to the ground out of like disappointment, but it wasn't disappointment. Like, how could you miss that? It was like, damn, I thought we had, you know, you had like, we were getting you yeah. a goal, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah. I just thought we, you know, that things like that. I know when you win, nobody talks about that shit. Right. I mean, if we didn't score, we would go back to that. I'm sure. But when you win, nobody talks about that shit. And you know, it was something I thought that was very apparent in those two situations where they couldn't care less. They're just trying to get the goals. Like this whole money is not falling in the box because he doesn't want more to get the goals bullshit that people were talking about when we were going get the scores. So let's throw that away. So to throw other things in that room. Let's touch up on those, these transfer talk. The, the transfer chatter that goes on in the background. Um, the One of the biggest things, obviously, is the talk this week about – like where is Waldo like where is Holland's agents kind of thing like where, where are they now are they in Europe are they in London what are they eating did they order appetizers uh, and then today like the rumors came out about like what his demands are and I think automatically kind of talks us out of the, uh, the in terms of, you just read that you're like okay we're like we're check please you know uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're backpedaling out of that very quickly
0: you're like, you know what? I gotta take this call and just like wait on the bill. But uh, so, am I the only one who thinks that none of these big names will be signing? Uh, and if it is, I, I guess the whole I get the whole Mbappe, Nike, uh, LeBron investments stuff, which like I like that investment is gonna be spent on like transfers. But uh, do you guys? I mean, can we put away the whole Holland dreams at least uh, away?
2: Oh yeah, I mean it would be nice, wouldn't it, Paul? it would be lovely to get the, the likes of Mbappe or, or Haaland or, or just any of the names that are thrown out there. Why don't we play a game, right? I'll, I'll start. Um, we'll just say one name. All we have to do is say one name that's been linked with Liverpool. So uh, Dybala. I take uh, him. What
0: are we? What are we? Hold on, what no, are we doing? Just, We're just no, naming just, names.
2: Yeah, just naming names. Right. We're gonna go around. I mean, you know,
0: we can do like a two-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's mad. Like we could go on for days. It's like if you're a player, that's it. You, you're getting linked with Liverpool no matter what.
1: You remember what? Like you know what would be a fun trivia question? This would. I don't know how you would figure this out, but like we should do a trivia question with the person that's been linked to Liverpool the most. It's got to be Gonzalo Higuain, right?
2: No, Coutinho, man, Coutinho.
1: Oh, (laughs) here
0: has to be a fik here. (laughs) here,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: To the point where you put the jersey on or whatever his knee.
2: Marco Royce, all these players. All Royce. Yeah, you know they—they all of them get linked with Liverpool consistently.
0: I mean, I think if you're an agent, this is my way to go. I mean, you're gonna throw all these names in the hats and be like, "Oh, so and so likes us, so and so likes us." I mean, just to bring the price up. Yeah, that, and that's else.
1: just just to like you know create art, basically creating artificial interest, right? From other clubs, like you're just generating your own buzz. Uh, but I think like back to the original topic when we we're talking about Mbappe, how like we we talk about like we just had. The minority investment, right? Everybody's talking about how, like, you know, Red Bull bought into FSG. They sold minority share, and everyone's like, "Oh, and Boppy money." You know, I know that a lot of that's tongue. <laughs> I know a lot of that's tongue in cheek, but what a lot of people need to understand is that that deal was done to cover 180 million dollars that we were in the hole from pandemic costs, essentially, yeah, with course. no gate revenue and all that other stuff. And it is like. You know, people wonder if like peps blow and smoke everybody up, everybody's asses when he says they're not spending big on a striker. He might be. Um, but like, that's a financial reality for like 99% of clubs right now is the pandemic is a real thing. No player, no, you know, people going to matches is a real thing. Like, there's going to be TV money there, but there's a lot of money missing uh, for a lot of clubs just based on the situation of what's happening in the world. And I think, you know, we had this like artificial bubble with like the Neymar sales that created these, were these crazy costs. And I think that we're going to see that, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe, maybe somebody is going to pick him up for crazy money, uh, both those guys. But I think we are going to see these costs come back down a little bit just because there's no other choice. That's actually an interesting point. I mean, do you see something like, you know, like what the,
0: well, hold on. When I'm going to say NFL and Jamie is going to be like, who the hell is that? Uh-huh. But uh, like the NFL salary cap, you know, like they lowered the season and stuff like that, knowing like with the pandemic, blah, blah, and mm-hmm. it's going to bump up again next year. I mean, do you see a similar thing, Jamie, where the, like those bloated prices that Paul is talking about goes down and we don't see anything that crazy or just because names like Holland and Mbappé are out there, they're going to be the new Neymar, setting that bar back up to where it was and everybody's going to try to go broke signing people?
2: They've been saying it's going to calm down for, for 10 years. You know, ever since Roman Abramovich came into Chelsea and started paying crazy money for a squad, it, 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 the, the price is just continually raised. So, I, I mean, I'd love to see the day where, where some sort of a price cap or something was put on, on spending and, and salary, et cetera. But the reality is a million miles off. Um, for the Premier League and for soccer in general, I'd say.
0: What do you think, Paul? I mean, like I say... It kind of reminds me of like the whole NFL thing. But I mean, the weird thing in the NFL is, you know, you see obviously all these players signing one year contracts now, uh, you know, kind of like gambling on themselves to be a free agent again next year when the money is back in, ideally, so they can sign actually a bigger contract. I mean, do you see some obviously, you know, like with no salary cap and stuff, you know, soccer or European football is different. But do you see any like similarities, any parallels?
1: I mean, there's definitely parallels. I agree with Jamie in the long run. Like, I don't think that, I mean, I think the money over time is going to continue to go up. Football's a global sport. TV is going to be more and more of a factor and that's going to continue to grow. Obviously people are going to be back at matches soon, hopefully. Um, So I think long-term, I think think he's right. I just think this next window is going to be interesting. I think we may see some of those things come down a little bit. Um, And, you know, maybe that means that like, Prices come down, but I also think maybe that means there's just not as much movement, you know, maybe not as many players are moving around. Um, maybe we see more loans, you know, I don't know. I think I think there we as a club had a number of players that we expected to leave that we didn't let go just because we didn't think the money was there for what we wanted to get for that player. So that's kind of kind of where I see the next like, you know, 12 months being. Yeah, that's a good point. Phillips is probably actually one of those players. Phillips Wilson was definitely one of them. Yeah. You know, Harry was some player that we expected to go, um, but we wanted more money than anyone could fork up for him. So yeah.
0: So let's play my favorite game, which is increasing uh, Paul's uh, blood pressure. Uh, we mentioned Peacock, we mentioned Diva Corigi. So now let's just cap it off uh, with all this talk about signing Aguero. I try how would to- you How would you like some Aguero, Paul? <laughs>
1: You know, the funny thing is like, I I have a lot of people that hate that know a lot of people that hated him as a player. I I actually loved him. I love this game. I love everything about him. I love this talent. I thought he was a natural gorse, like a poacher, like not only have talent, but he was incredibly smart in terms of the way he played. So I don't mind him as a player. I do mind this idea of like, we're going to take on some dude that's on the other side of 30 on the down, you know, in, in sort of.
0: Hold on. I think Paul got so mad, his sound disappeared. <laughs> Is that, I don't know if that's possible, but I think he got so mad, his sound disappeared. So, oh, Jamie, yeah. let me come to you while we get Paul back. And Maybe when his blood pressure goes down the microphone, will start working again. But uh, so, so, Jamie, do you sign this? All I mean, to just play the devil's advocate, obviously his finishing. And we've been talking about, you know, somebody coming off the bench. Who would, you know, we would say, hey, you know, he can get into a situation where he can finish and stuff. Uh, I mean, my, don't get me wrong. I agree with Paul in terms of like the age and stuff. I don't see us going that way. But what is your take on that? It's got to be
2: Aguero. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely uh, Aguero. Um, look, he he's a great player. He's definitely one of the best players the Premier League's ever seen. Um, also hinted at that he was a, a Liverpool fan in his youth. Um, Kevin De Bruyne has also said that he's a Liverpool fan. If if we're linked with everybody who's ever said they're a Liverpool fan or that think Liverpool's a good team or whatever, we're 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 going to be linked with everyone just because Aguero's leaving doesn't mean he's coming to Liverpool. And um, Suarez, I would probably take Suarez quicker than I would take Aguero. Um, he's been linked with us, you know. If we played my initial game, we would still be here throwing around names that that we've been linked with, you know. That's that's. The the reality of things
0: So, Yeah I think he's one of those guys Who knows where to be And you know has obviously Like a great finishing touch And yeah I mean as much as It would be nice to have somebody With that experience coming off the bench In a situation where we need You know like a goal uh, Where we're like pressing for one and stuff I mean one honestly I don't see him uh, Wanting a role Like that uh, I mean, he's probably looking at Ibrahimovic and thinking, shit, I can probably play forever too. Uh, he's not as, you know, physically able as obviously Ibrahimovic, but he's, you know, in terms of finishing and stuff, it's a quality that's is hard to find you can find you know guys who are fast guys who are big and stuff like that but knowing where to be and have that finishing touch not everybody can do it obviously the guy has like a ton of goals for it but so that's like an interesting question so paul now that your blood pressure is down hopefully microphone is working uh suarez or aguero how do you go with that
1: oh definitely suarez okay I mean, just because
0: played. of the age because of like his energy or
1: uh, yeah, it's a little bit of both. I mean, but he's like so. Aguero's body's breaking down on him, and Suarez is playing out of his boots. I mean, they're like they're in totally different leagues right now. Like not physically, they're in two separate leagues. But like <laughs> it, 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 in terms of the level of their play, to me, like Suarez is is way, way. Uh, it's not even to me. It's they're not even in the same conversation. <laughs> that was that was funny, Paul. Yeah, that was well played.
0: Well played, uh,
1: Mike, Mike, Michael Owen esque <laughs> Yeah, sure. sure Glad you guys can hear me now.
0: Right. That Michael Owen was a huge insult, by the way. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let him on the podcast as a but guest.
2: He, uh, <laughs> he's the fucker. Because of him, that we're the one that's talking about all this salad Mane bullshit. Like, I, I transfer season. I'd like to see us keep a hold of what we have. And I know everybody's talking about who's going to leave and. Somebody has to leave and order us for to get somebody like a, a Holland or an Mbappe or whatever, a Sancho. I don't know. I, I, this transfer season, I'm all about keeping all, what we've got. I don't know about you guys.
0: Oh, man, you're going to be in a world of hurt, especially with the Euros. Anytime somebody scores on Euros, they're going to be linked well, with it. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like, we're going to have a long time, obviously, to talk about it. I know that just this week, obviously, the Holland, and then I see go out a post and the comments all over the place. And I know it gets some bit nerves. So I kind of wanted to bring that up, but um I really, I mean, like I say, it's going you to be guys, interesting. You summer. guys are
1: so good to me. You guys are so good to me. Hey, hey
0: we, we try our best. What can I say? Uh But yeah, I mean, like I say, we're going to have a whole summer to talk about. And unfortunately there's going to be a ton of rumors, but I mean, I know what you're saying, Jamie, but in the greater scheme of things, I'm not after big names or anything like that, but I will like us to like kind of unload some, people who are constantly in the treatment room, uh, even if it is for, like, names we might not know, I really don't care. I mean, Mm -hmm. I kind of trust the scouting uh, group we have and like you know, the clubs, like the decisions they made in the past over the last two, three years at least. I shouldn't say probably the past, but, um, and I trust them enough to be able to, if they sign a young dude, I'm going to be like, Hey, this guy has some promise. I mean, look at what we're seeing with Kabak. Mind you, we didn't sign him initially probably when we could, but it was rumored and it was pretty like, not just rumored. It was almost like close. It sounded like, and, Yeah, this kind of department knows what they're looking for. So I would not mind them to offload some people that are constantly injured, uh, even if they're replacing with somebody, not a big name like Sancho or Mbappe or anything like that. But um, So, gentlemen, any parting thoughts? Uh, I mean, after this weekend, man, it's kind of going to be hard to top things off, but a win tomorrow would go a long way to make it an extended weekend. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Bickler, any parting thoughts? Anything else that can raise your blood pressure before we leave? No, I think we got all the real, real <laughs> pain points in there. I appreciate it. I think therapy- well, I got a
0: whole week to prepare for the next one, I guess. But Real Madrid uh, boys, let's go. Let's let bloody go. Los Blancos, let's get them. I am pretty excited about this. I, honestly, I initially I was like, uh, part of me wanted Porto. I don't know why, but I feel like, especially with the injury situation therein as well, I think this is probably the best matchup we could have asked for. And knowing the next round as well, man, you never know. I mean, a good win tomorrow can go a long way and like maybe get us number seven this year. So we'll keep hoping on that. Uh, as always, thank you all for listening uh we'll be with you again next week hopefully talking about two more wins and i'll have a whole week to prepare for what else i can throw at bickler to get him pissed off and his microphone burnout. so have a great week gentlemen thank you for joining me and see you guys next week